0: all right so let's get into our review and then get into a spoiler talk there for guardians of the galaxy volume 3 so nick um since you weren't here for the initial review i'm gonna let you kick things off what did you think about guardians of the galaxy
1: Okay, so I have been very vocal on this on this podcast and various other platforms about how James Gunn is one of my favorite filmmakers. By pure v- virtue of the fact that he was one of the first guys that came from just this indie horror scene, and Marvel picked him up for the first Guardians of the Galaxy, said, hey, we're going to give you a $200 million budget to make a movie about characters that are objectively D-listers. As far as uh, the pantheon of Marvel goes, we're going to make a movie about Star-Lord, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, and uh, Drax the Destroyer and Gamora. And he ended up making one of the one of the best films in the MCU period and making a general audience care about a talking raccoon and a character whose only three lines are I am Groot exclusively in that order. And since then, he has just been able to grow as a filmmaker, even with uh, the second film getting more insane with his visuals, more grounded in his emotional storytelling. And, and with his films outside of uh, that very brief tenure where he was fired by Disney, gave us The Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, where everything was just fine-tuning his craft to the point where, I'm not being hyperbolic, but Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, right now, it is up there with my favorite movies of 2023 and it is in that s tier category for marvel movies i just could not believe that this movie got as emotional as it did because every time we got into rocket's backstory i was just trying to wipe my eyes away Mm. It was wiping tears from my eyes. And on top of that emotional core, the movie is still very funny. It kind of fixes a lot of problems I've had with Marvel humor lately in that they undercut so much of their drama and their emotion with jokes. And here, they don't do that, and the jokes are actually funny. Like the entire scene where uh, that we see in clips where it's Nebula trying to open the door and struggling, and it culminates into the first F-bomb in the MCU. I was laughing. It was all funny because it felt so real. It felt like, uh, I think I said this before with uh, Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, it felt like natural funny people talking to each other instead of just stop for uh, sitcom-style jokes. Uh, Something I wasn't crazy about was the inclusion of Adam Warlock, who was played by Will Poulter. His character and his arc kind of felt like it didn't belong here, but for what it was, I thought Will Poulter was absolutely entertaining every time he was on screen okay i absolutely adored this movie i cannot wait to see it again and oh and something that i did mention chuck woody who by james gunn's own account is one of the best actors he has ever worked with he is absolutely despicable as the high evolutionary he is one of the best villains in the mcu and i think gunn he kind of took the criticism of uh, ronan the accuser with a. Uh, the first mcu villain that he wrote and how one-dimensional he was how kind of just nothing of a character he was and he put it in the hands of one of our great working actors with uji and let this man chew up the scenery like it was made of m&ms and it is absolutely beautiful Hmm. okay Uh, it's nice to have a villain that is just unabashedly evil so what would your rating be my rating, I, I would have to see it again to like be confident about this. But as of right now, just off this high above, uh, of of leaving the theater, I give it this as cinema. I absolutely adored this movie. I was laughing in parts. I was crying through most of it, and I was cheering when we got to the final needle drop. Mm. And how this was this very this very bittersweet but heartfelt goodbye to this version of these characters.
0: Hmm. This is cinema. Okay.
1: For Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy
0: Volume 3 from Nick. Um, so I'll summarize my thoughts real quick. Um uh, will just be really quick since I already gave my full review mm-hmm. uh, up on the YouTube channel here. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Um, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. I think I like it better than the second one. Um, mm-hmm. It's about, I think, on par with the first one. I would have to say. I mean, I rewatched the first and second one again very recently. Um, mm-hmm. First one, watching that again, it was an experience because, like, man, I was like, man, this was really good. I mean, it was really funny. Um, it was really fresh. Mm-hmm. And you also got to think about. And we discussed this in the review of like when that movie came out because it was 2014. Mm-hmm. This was when Guardians came out. I think that was Phase Two of the MCU when it came out. Uh, yeah, that was Phase
1: 2, and I think it came out after uh, after, or right before Age of Ultron, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, it was right before. It was like a little bit before Age of Ultron. Um, and it, it's just kind of, you know, at that time, it was like you had never... The MCU hadn't really done anything like that, um, <laughs> where it was so much focused on the humor, and that was the really thing that was selling the movie, um, was the humor of it. And then fast forward nine years, it felt like, you know, later on, a lot of the MCU movies... Feel too much focused on the humor and not letting it, you know. There was humor before Guardians, too, but that, uh, you know, before Guardians, but it felt more natural. It felt more like character based. Instead, I think they really, after that, really pushed it, tried to push it a lot more after Guardians. And then with James Gunn coming on, you feel it it being a James Gunn movie you know a lot of these movies mm-hmm. um, you know people the criticism is a lot of these directors kind of just get hired to be hands to get you know tools mm-hmm. to just make these things but with James Gunn you feel his personality you feel like you know you know his kind of uh, characters there that he really cares about these characters he's kind of you know really doing the best for them uh, with his writing and everything and I think there's very few directors in the MCU that you can say that about um, that their mm-hmm. style really kind of comes through there and I think it does with James Gunn um so i think
1: it, that's a really yeah, good I think, thing with the guardians movie. yeah i think it's uh, yeah i think it's maybe just ryan coogler and him as far as like their style is translated and is very visibly seen throughout their projects in the mcu
0: yeah i would say ryan coogler him and taika watiti i think his style his hmm. humor very much would coming through there um yeah so uh guardians movie the criticism i had for it was the humor in it um I thought a lot of it relied on too much of Drax being dumb, Mantis being dumb, uh, Adam Warlock being dumb, I think, and people calling them dumb. I think that was a lot of the humor in it, um, and that this wasn't a variety there. Uh, Chikuri Awuji, who, who comes in as a higher evolutionary. Very good. I liked him as, as the character. I liked him <laughs> as the villain. Um, it did a lot of screaming, did a lot of yelling. Um,
1: you know, I, I made it... <laughs> uh hey, I, the man is a classic the man is a classically trained shakespearean actor you don't hire one of those unless you want him to sp- <laughs> uh so that that kind of got a, li- a little old but i still think he
0: did a, a great job i made a joke in the review i said that you know hey he's another screaming black man all in purple you might get him com- don't get him confused with kane um and he even has <laughs> somewhat of the you know similar power set where he can <laughs> basically he's got advanced tech and he can kind of move things with you know just his flick of his hands or wrist or anything like that um it, so i thought that was kind of another criticism i had but overall i thought it was yeah a strong movie um great chemistry between the whole cast um loved you know the action in it i thought that was great the music in it i don't think mm-hmm. the music in this one isn't I don't think as integral as it was in the other two movies. Um, you know, the like the other two movies had such a real purpose because it was a connection to his mother, and then in the second one, it was the whole connection of mm-hmm. his father and his mother, and then you know you had that like the connection through music. And the here in the third one, there's still somewhat of a connection in music mm-hmm. because Rocket loves the music too, and they you know he always plays it um and then at the end they do a big kind of thing with the music as well um Mm -hmm. did you see the whole thing with florence uh in the machine where she was watching it
1: uh yeah and she was crying as uh, as a her song dog days are over was playing through the whole final scene and yeah same girl
0: (laughs) yeah um and I like how the music is more varied this time. It's through all the decades. Mm-hmm. You have some from the 70s. You get some stuff from the 90s. You get some stuff, you know, from the you know 2000s. Uh, so it's a little bit more varied mm-hmm. here, um, as opposed to kind yeah, of, and uh,
1: yeah, and there's a thematic thing that I think uh, Gunn was going for with his song selection because I think because we're going uh, you know further from the 70s from the 80s we're going more into the 90s and into the late 2000s because so much of this movie is about moving on. It's about going forward instead of uh, just reliving your past. Mm. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. So maybe there is, yeah, it's this good theme with the music there. So I love the way, you know, James Gunn integrate uh, integrates a lot of mm-hmm. music into his movies, um, and with these movies, into in order to tell a story. It's not just doing a needle drop just to do a needle mm-hmm. drop. You know, um, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's
1: not doing a, a twenty sixteen Suicide Squad. Yeah.
0: Or it's it's not doing Mario movie, uh, where you're just kind of just playing... playing just songs there um so yeah i, I kind of like that stuff there and and like I said it is it's rocket's movie um the stuff with his backstory mm-hmm. is, is tragic it's it's sad man i mean yeah mm-hmm. um and it, it's it's rough and here's some people say that you know this is too somber it's too bittersweet mm-hmm. um which i was like i don't know what you people want because first it was you know these movies are too jokey and you know they undercut all this yeah, stuff with uh, jokes. Like,
1: what do you yeah it's just what the fuck do you people want so first they're like too jokey they're too funny they undercut all their bits with humor which i've been a party to those kinds of criticisms myself and now oh it's too dark think of the children oh fuck off yeah children grow up
0: yeah so it's like yeah so i was just like i don't know
1: yeah what will you want there is disturbing material here especially when it comes to uh yeah, yeah there's disturbing stuff here that when it comes to uh to rocket's backstory but no less disturbing than has been in stuff like say batman beyond return of the joker
0: yeah mm. uh, so uh so yeah i, I like kind of how i mean because you get to see someone i mean not in full detail but you get a, enough to get the gist of it of what mm-hmm. happened to rocket and the experiments that that happened to him mm-hmm. um and there's even something at the end with the villain that i'm like wow you're just showing that Full in front of the screen and everything I was like oh okay um, so yeah uh, you know I, I kind of like that that they went there it's funny that these movies you know what I mean had a lot of they were the main ones pushing the humor you know what I mean and then here it <laughs> ends in such a dramatic note it, it, you know what I mean I was like oh okay yeah um, <laughs> And when the overall, you know, and then, of course, when any of these new ones come out, you know, people discuss the overall state of the MCU and what this means and, you know, all the other movies and blah, blah, blah.
1: Yep. Anytime Anytime a new movie in the MCU drops, just ready your timelines for thousands of, like, like, dude bro think pieces saying, like, the MCU, it's gone woke, it's failing, it's bombing. Meanwhile, it's the first fucking weekend. Yeah. (laughs) um and people are loving the movie
0: yeah so uh, as far as the bigger context is the mcu in regards to that um i know a lot of people says like with this phase of the stuff and then from four to now Mm -hmm. we're in five after endgame just basically everything after endgame people just go like i'm just kind of done everything Mm is up and down and just too mixed for me as far as you know quality goes or you know um will this kind of turn you around in that i know i greatly enjoyed it um I think this is the one I've uh, uh, the only MCU movie besides Wakanda Forever I can say I really enjoyed and really liked um, mm-hmm. and thought was very good. All the other ones I've just kind of thought were kind of just meh for me. Um, so yeah, so I could say that you know if uh, you know I don't know if this is going to be the big thing that goes like I'm back in the MCU again. But if you just wanted to see the closing chapter of the Guardians, since you if you watch the first one, and you go like I really love the first one, and I know some people are kind of mixed mm-hmm. on the second one, but if you just been going like listen i, I just kind of want to f- see this close out and everything like that i think this movie does a good job in that and i think you will be mm-hmm. rewarded if you want to come back and watch this um and mm-hmm. to see the story close out um yeah um so yeah so let's get into um did that um and, and my rating for it was i would give it a, a tune in strong tune in for me mm-hmm. uh with yeah warranty. all right
1: and I think a lot of the positive reception, especially for all three of the Guardians movies, is because they feel so disconnected from the rest of the MCU because they feel more like a director's passion project versus something like a Ammon and the Wasp Quantumania, where that felt like anybody could have done this movie. And you're telling the wrong story for the wrong character just to push this new villain that is coming with uh, Kang.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing about these movies, is that it's the Guardian story. It's their characters, it's their mm-hmm. universe. The post-credit scenes are within their characters, within their universe. It's, you know what I mean? Nothing, you know what I mean? We're not getting teased another Avengers movie, or another something else. Where, mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's it. It's just the Guardians movie. Um, so, so, it's big spoilers for here. Nobody, nobody dies. You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> n- n- uh, no, no, nobody dies.
1: Yeah, are the you, plot... Yeah, the plot is kicked off by uh, by Adam Warlock coming to nowhere and just fucking up all of the Guardians, but especially Rocket, who is uh, basically dying throughout two-thirds of the movie. Yeah. Um,
0: are you disappointed nobody dies? Do you think it needed to kill uh, an original member of the Guardians? Do you think that needed mm-hmm. to happen?
1: I think killing a character... Is only necessary if you can't get the same emotional reaction out of the fear and the tension of that loss. Because I feel like when you think about it in the previous two Guardians movies, especially in their involvement in Infinity War and Endgame, it's nice to see characters catch a break once in a while because these characters have already been through so much. Like they've Quill's already lost both of his parents in and, and Yondu and Gamora. And for five years, Rocket and uh, Nebula lost their entire family with the Guardians. And I think uh, just all the emotional buildup to that fear of losing Rocket, that worked enough for me.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, one of my criticisms I couldn't really talk about in the non-spoiler review um, is just Mm. that I do think there were a lot of fake outs. You know, there were a lot. Of, I don't know if that was done, you know, probably on purpose, you know, for like the trailers and everything like that, because like there's a scene like where they're carrying Peter Quill and Nebula Um, You think that's going to be maybe a scene where he dies, but no, he's just drunk. You know what I mean? He's just he's just fucking drunk.
1: Um, yeah, he, yeah, he's just drunk and uh, she's carrying that 35 pound lifelike body that James Gunn apparently let people come in and scream. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, so I mean yeah, that that did look really good when he showed the behind the scenes of that, uh that kind of lifeless corpse. Yeah, that that looked that looked yeah that,
1: yeah, that corpse was funny. And that's one of my favorite like media moments of all time now. It's just uh there in the interview and it's like, yeah, James Gunn used to have it in his office. Yeah, people would just like uh see it and just come in and scream. It's like, wait, they would do what and scream?
0: <laughs> and just uh, that realization of James Gunn. Uh, um. So yeah. So you have that. There was also the scene like with Drax where you know he gets shot in the back and then he gets shot in his chest. Um, that was kind of just like it, it seems like mm-hmm. he was kind of gravely injured there. But then in the next scene, it's like oh he's he's okay. He's he's fine. So it's like that seemed like a per- you know me just like a you know kind of a it wasn't really a whole lot to mm-hmm. that. Um, even go- I think Nebula like she's coughing I mean, up blood. I mean. I-
1: I mean, dude went toe-to-toe with uh, Adam Warlock in this movie, and Nebula has come back from way worse. Mm,
0: yeah, but I'm just saying, in terms of, like, if you're trying to, like, I guess that was, it just seemed like that was only done to go, like, oh my god, maybe Drax is gonna die, maybe he's gonna be the one that dies, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just as used as just a fake-out, um, <laughs> there to, to kind of do that, uh, when they're escaping the whole kind of facility there. Um, yeah, so, I don't think this movie needed to really kill Yeah, I me, mean, it for me, it's only a it,
1: yeah. It's only a fake out if your story needed a character to die, but you just didn't do it. And I don't think this story required any character having to die, because I think you still get that emotion. You still get the emotion of the goodbye to these people, even without killing any of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I still think you you didn't need to kill anybody. You know what I mean in this to mm-hmm. to make it yeah, impactful to make America. it. Oh.
1: Yeah, in a sense, both of the previous movies are about kind of overcoming loss, and in this one, it's much more about overcoming your past and your own trauma, whereas the first two were more about, like, personal loss. Hmm. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so I don't
0: think you really needed that. Um, When it comes to the post credit scenes, uh, we'll discuss that a little bit um so you have two one is kind of mm-hmm. uh, important and then one is more important so the first one is usually mm-hmm. more important that's the mid credit scene so mm-hmm. it, at the end there's a new guardians team rocket he's the mm-hmm. uh him and Groot are the only two original members that stay all the other members yep. go rockets
1: yeah rocket yeah rocket's the new captain of the team uh craglin who is now mastered yondu's finn he's a part of it uh adam warlock joined the team and so did cosmo the space dog
0: yeah and the other uh the girl that they saved from the ship uh the one that was the high evolutionaries uh subject um i think her name is uh Var- uh Var- yeah, her Varl- name is
1: uh phyla her Varl- name is uh phyla
0: phyla um so she's also on the team as well um she was one of the girls that they saved on the ship there um when they were mm-hmm. evacuating it um so that's the new team that's the new guardians team there um this discussion is like would we want to see another guardians movie with this new team is there even interest for another guardians movie if james gunn's not going to direct it because he's done he's going he's going to be with dc now you
1: know he's got that all he's got to do all that stuff there for dc he's directing a superman movie yeah he yeah he yeah he's writing and directing superman legacy and he's the co-ceo of dc studios so as far as marvel he's done yeah, so he's not
0: he's not coming back. So it's like is there any is there is there uh, la, 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 shit. Is there even uh, even going to be any interest <laughs> for a Guardians movie if James Gunn's not there? Would you want to see a Guardians movie if James Gunn's not there?
1: I don't know if I'd want to see another Guardians movie because so much of uh of what made these movies work was all of those personal touches from James Gunn, like his uh, his style, like his use of needle drops, how he films uh, dialogue and writes. But I kind of got this idea that um, even James Gunn in an interview said that, yeah, I have no problem with them making another Guardians of the Galaxy movie, just whatever director they hire, make sure it's their own style. Because that is something that is a key to making one of these movies work. It cannot feel like it's just another product being churned out to sell a toy or just another thing to set up the next big bad in the mcu Mm. yeah yeah
0: because yeah if you do another guardians movie and you try to replicate it you know what i mean it's like a lot of people gonna be going yeah but it's not like the original you know it's not like james gunn if you try to bring in like some (laughs) fake james gunn it'd be like come on you know (laughs) like try to do the needle drops and all this other stuff it's just like yeah Yeah, it's just just not gonna be the same um i'm wondering you know i'm trying to think
1: Oh yeah, okay. it yeah, it would be like like season four community where they brought on different writers and showrunners to try and do Dan Harmon style, but those writers didn't understand what made that style work. Yeah. Um
0: having a friend who dates underage girls, that's what makes that style work. Um no. Um but uh yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I'm wrong, but you're wrong. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't. I, you know, I'm trying to think of who would be a good on the spot, here, who would be a good replacement for Gunn um, if they kind of get mm-hmm. another director. So I don't know if there's even a lot of interest there uh, for Guardians if they, you know, mm-hmm. do another one. I mean, do I think these characters are going to come back in a capacity? Yes. I mean, you're not going to put in Adam Warlock yeah, in it, um, mm-hmm. you know, and not bring him into yeah, I, the broader things, the bigger things. That yeah, because,
1: at, because Adam Warlock is such a major player in. In most of the Marvel universe, in in the comics at least, he I know he was a big part of the Infinity Saga when uh, uh, in the comic run, but obviously stuff changed. So there's some interest in what do you do with him now. Um, but Marvel has done a really good job with the special presentations. So something like something in that realm would be really cool to see.
0: Yeah. And they are going to... I mean, they did say at the end of the Christmas special, they are going to do another Christmas special. They did say that. <laughs> um, but again, that raises the question, James Gunn's probably not going to be doing it, because he's off doing the DC stuff. Um, and then I know that uh, there's the other character, the one whose little girl, you said uh, Fa- Falel, is what she said her name was? Yeah, Phila. Phila. Um, I was seeing that she's... So, in the comics, she... It's supposed to be the daughter of Marvel. I think, obviously, they're not going to do that because she was created by the High Evolutionary. um, And we don't even really get to Mm -hmm. see, like, what she does or, like, her powers or anything like that. Uh, But that she might play into a larger thing, maybe Young Avengers-type team because she's a, you know, kind of little girl. And, you know, a lot of these other actors, they're kind of in their someone in their mid 20s you know going to you know late 20s or 30s so whenever we get a they better hurry up and do these young avengers film because most of these people be in there close to being 30 you know what i mean you got to have some good young people there that can actually so it could be the young avengers um so i think there's (laughs) plans for her um and everything like that so i think these characters will return in some capacity and then the other post credit scene that we see um is the one with star lord where he returned to earth and he met his grandfather played by the same actor who was in the mm-hmm. first one who played his grandfather there um so he's re- you know just was like hey i just want to go back go back to my roots go back to my home uh, mm-hmm. and everything like that it, but they did say at the end of this movie the legendary star lord will return um and i was mm-hmm. listening to a show and then they were talking about the press run for this movie and how a lot of the other actors said like i'm done this is it this is the last one i'm not coming back like mm-hmm. zoe saldana's gamora said i'm not coming back this is it i'm not i'm not gonna do another one even though actors say that then a big truckload of money comes up and be like hey listen we got all this money you're gonna come back and do another one uh but dave batista said the same thing he's like hey i'm done i'm not coming back as drax anymore i'm done with that so could star lord chris pratt he could probably it seems like maybe he haven't been on earth you need a team for a new mm-hmm. Avengers to fight Kane, you know, coming in um, and everything like that. So it probably seems like that's the way they're going to bring him back and, and do that. And then mm-hmm. that's a connection because he's with the Guardians. He's going to, you know, the connection to the Guardians. So he's going to give a call and be mm-hmm. like, hey, I need some heavy hitters to come down here to Earth to help me out. So that's where you get the other Guardians team to kind of come down there um, and, and help out in the connection to bring them in there. Um, what do you think about that? About the two, yeah, two post credit <laughs> scenes in general? Yeah
1: okay uh so for the first post-credit scene i like the new team that is uh being set up i like the dynamic that they that we got to see so briefly with uh rocket being the new team captain seeing how adam warlock interacts with that team i think it's a fun dynamic and i kind of forget how underrated will poulter is as a comedic actor because he had me cracking up through most of his appearances through most of his scenes in this uh for the second one that felt kind of like maybe really we stuck through the end credits for this, but it was nice to see, um, see Peter Quill kind of be a little bit out of his element, just interacting with his grandpa, and that scene got me before that. But I do kind of say that, yeah, there's no way they're letting uh, this character go because, well, there's no way Chris Pratt is letting it go because, well, it's one of the few franchises that people actually like him in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because he says this, he's got Jurassic World, uh, you know, and and now he's got, and now he's got Mario. Mario, yeah, he's got Mario too, so it's, he's got three big franchises under his belt now that's gonna be happening, so yeah, um, so he said, like, yeah, I think he says he wants to continue playing Star Lord, everything like that, again, I don't. I mean, he's probably going to come in and out. You know, more of a lesser role. Mm-hmm. Um, with Bradley Cooper is like the other actors. Like the the ones, the two people they kept as the original members. They're all just two people who do the voice roles. None of the you know actually showing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I I would imagine it's probably not that hard Bradley Cooper to do both of like doing the voice for Rocket and then going off and doing you know what I mean a more indie art project that he probably wants to do. Mm-hmm. You know, just doing the voice role for Rocket. So I imagine that's probably not too much of a big commitment for him to do um yeah so yeah it's, yeah like it's yeah it's
1: just what a cup what a couple hours in a recording booth in la yeah
0: yeah you know just just doing that real quick doing a couple of scenes um yeah it's doing some you know voice work there um so yeah that those are the two credit post-credit scenes um rest of the movie uh like i said it, it's it's pretty heartbreaking there i mean the scene where they where <laughs> you see the flashback where his friends rocket you see the flashback of him dying that that was pretty. I was like, damn. Uh bro.
1: that was, I was so hurt by that scene and just the understandable just sorrow turning into rage, and then Rocket just absolutely mauling the High Evolutionary. Meanwhile, Florentes are just screaming, "Rocket, Florentes, go now!" I was like, "God damn it, done! You're doing this to me again."
0: Yeah, and I mean, he did a good job too, because you know, even though they were kind of like you, you. Know, people, <laughs>
1: Uh, yes it was like when they revealed what the evolutioner's face looks like later in the movie i was like damn bro yeah he really
0: did look like skeletor i mean he really <laughs> he really <laughs> did look like skeletor there um but then yeah the the creatures that they had there like the walrus uh whose teeth and then the otter who's lila who's voiced by linda cartellini uh mm-hmm. who has um you know she plays Car- uh, Clint barton's wife in it um yeah mm-hmm. she played that uh, and she joins the list of marvel actors who've appeared twice in the mcu because <laughs> michelle yo jima hansu and jimma chan they've all appeared twice in. and
1: it. yeah and technically alfrey Woodard also
0: oh yeah Alfie Woodard. yeah because she was in luke cage and she was in uh civil war civil war Alfie Woodard. Yeah and,
1: it, yeah and it was nice to see linda cardellini get a get a role with a little bit more teeth to it no, no pun intended
0: yeah um and uh, uh whenever that movie comes out i don't know if it's still going to come out but mahar Lee is going to be blade and he's going to also join that list as well uh if that movie ever so five yeah so if that ever happens but yeah like you said it's it but yeah i mean it, it really i mean because they're the core of the movie i mean rocket is really the core of the movie mm-hmm. and, and then really the, a lot of the sad stuff happens to them and then you really feel that um and then the, what you know you look at them and they kind of look like these you know Creations that he's done it's like a good comparison. A lot of people compared it to like Sid in Toy Story, like what he did to the dolls and everything mm-hmm. like that. Especially that rabbit, like that rabbit. I was like, okay, <sighs>
1: what I, did you do to this rabbit?
0: Yeah, I'd be like, if I admit that rabbit, I'd be like, like get the hell away from me. I'm sorry, the tarantula legs <laughs> and the, and the red eyes and and all that. I'm like, okay, yeah the,
1: yeah, the tarantula legs are a little too much for me. It's like, oh damn! But your voice sounds so so sweet and so innocent
0: yeah i was like uh yeah that's 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 a little freaky for me uh that's a little (laughs) freaky for me but uh it was just kind of like that scene with mantis where she was freeing everybody and she met that little uh that that i don't even know what to call that 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 blob (laughs) or whatever um yeah it's like that that blob or something like that like yeah i was like okay yeah I, i was like jesus christ um yeah uh, but uh did you like kind of the, the climax of it uh, the big kind of ending of it uh the big action scene? i know they do they have their hallway fight
1: here that, that's in this garden oh the, <laughs> cl- oh the climax of this is awesome it's just this long, long fight scene long single take fight scene set to no sleep till brooklyn and it's it's amazing it's something that i think uh i think was kind of missing from stuff like daredevil and stuff like the defenders when they tried to do the one takes where you incorporate multiple characters and showcasing all of their skill sets coming together in this one scene
0: yeah yeah so i really liked it a lot and they had the, like rocket had its classic pose like from the comics they did that um you know they did the whole rocket jumping on groove firing they did nebula like her neck got all the way hit back you know snapped back but she kept firing <laughs> kept hitting um so yeah they did all that stuff you know that i thought that was a really cool scene uh, them freeing everybody was a great scene and you know drax had touched into what he does best and he's a dad, and they, you know, brought that all around, mm-hmm. and he was able to, you know, comfort the kids and guide the kids, and it's like that's hey, that's his purpose. Um, you know, he may be dumb. You know, it's like it's like it's like he's <laughs> not his fault. He's dumb. Um, you know, but that, the only
1: thing you care about. The only thing you care about is intelligence and competence. Yeah, but he may. But I think uh, I was kind of on there too, where I felt they Homer Simpson. A lot of the characters in the Guardians, but that one bit of dialogue that left me a little more forgiving it was like yeah he's an idiot but he's family
0: yeah you know uh but it, like going back and watching the first one and then the second one i was like i mean because like yeah the first one he takes things very literally like that's part of the humor mm-hmm. is that he takes everything literally like the famous scene where you know like uh in the first one where they're in prison together and he does <laughs> the you know, Peter Quill does the whole rub the finger across his throat, and he's like, "Why would I do that? Why would I rub my finger across my throat?" And he's like, "Oh, it's just, it's, you know, what I mean. It's a metaphor, you know."
1: For- <laughs> like that, like that. They, they're completely literal metaphors. I gotta go over his head. Nothing would go over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. Yeah. So <laughs> right.
0: that, that was just the only thing with him. But I do think they kind of made him dumber and dumber as the as things progressed. <laughs> I think, and and everything like that. But uh, yeah, and I think that was kind of some issue there of like them being dumb a lot of stuff in the movie happens because they're dumb like mantis it's like if mantis and drax just do what peter quill tells them to do is like just stay by the ship then they would never be on the ship on the the high evolutionary mm-hmm. ship and then they wouldn't have to go and rescue them from the ship so it's like a lot of things just kind of happen because they're kind of dumb mm-hmm. uh what do, what do you think about that what do you think about that
1: I think it's kind of serendipity of you know these characters all kind of being very dumb, but it leads them into doing these very heroic things. Like if uh, if they listen to Quill and stay on the ship, then they don't uh, then they don't rescue all those little kids in the in the high evolutionary ship, and Rocket doesn't get to to face the evolutionary again. He doesn't get that bit of closure. Yeah.
0: Um. The, you, you, you're right I mean I think that's good freeing everybody um, rescuing everybody and then you know from the children to the animals uh, which was that was a great scene I thought um, poor poor woman though who got that monkey who was clawing her face I mean she didn't really have a good time the one that was waiting <laughs> I was like damn she was getting fucked <laughs> I was like damn poor woman I was like hey, I mean,
1: yeah but let's not forget this is another James Gunn movie and he is not afraid to kill thousands and thousands and fuck people up yeah so i was movies because because in like both this and the previous one like when ego was uh in the initial phases of expansion he definitely killed like thousands of people because so many people were caught in the middle of that this movie they literally blow up counter earth which was a fully functioning society
0: yeah just like that just like people you met boom it's just gone mm. just like that um, <laughs> and that's part of the reason what I think helps turn Adam Warlock even though one of my other complaints is like Adam Warlock you can just take him out of the movie entirely <laughs> um, and nothing pretty much would change but the whole thing is like he in that immense of the explosion on counter earth uh, Elizabeth Debicki, um, she dies Alicia who's from the Sovereign was uh, <laughs> his mommy his mother there uh, <laughs> you know what I mean and, and she ends up dying there she
1: could she, 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 she be my mommy too I mean what
0: yeah, I mean, well, hey, when you're—I think she's like what six foot three. Um, I think you she can she be able to do that when she's like six foot three. So, yeah, um, yeah, so that helps kind of turn him and everything like that, um, over to the guardian side and against the high evolutionary. Um, yeah. Um, do you think do you feel kind of the same way that like they can kind of just kind of removed him entirely from the movie and nothing would change? Do you mm. think?
1: I don't think just taking him out of the movie changes everything because he is really the inciting incident. Well, he initiates the inciting incident of Rocket being in critical for most of the movie.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I feel like you could have done that with any other character, kind of. Like, they could have, like, High Evolutionary could have got one of them rocked rocksteady and bebop ripoff looking creatures and sent them to you know to I me mean, nowhere and got them to hurt rocket or something yeah, to
1: yeah but we also yeah but we also saw how easily the entire guardians was able to take those guys out
0: yeah um and you see kind of like that was kind of another thing where you see like where you see his compound the high evolution. he's got all these different creatures there all these different mixed matches like it it is like something like the island of dr moreau like what the actor uh uh, chukuri (laughs) awuji said like he was basically he's a space you know island of dr moreau type thing for you know what i mean he is kind of like that and then you you see that a lot in the stuff there with a lot of the kind of creatures he keeps there working for him and everything um yeah uh I'm looking forward to, you know, to, I mean, to see kind of what they do next um, as far as the Guardians stuff. If they do another Christmas special, um, sh- if they do another sequel, um, sure, I'll check it out, but I just don't think it's going to be hard to find somebody who is going to be as good as what <laughs> James Gunn's done with these movies. Um, so that is going to be really difficult um, to, to kind of do there. Um, MCU-wise, do you think like, because next up is the Marvels, um mm-hmm. after this is the next movie. Do you think that this is gonna carry some good favor with people going into the Marvels? Um do mm-hmm. you think the Marvels is gonna continue that, um, as far as being a, at least a solid movie? Um I wasn't really well, f- a <clears throat> big fan of Captain Marvel myself, but I am oh. hoping this one's better. <clears throat> like what do you think?
1: Well definitely the next project up is Secret Invasion. And I think a lot of people are very hyped for that and how different it looks for the MCU. And I think Uh, The Marvels kind of has that going for it also. Because it kind of feels distant... Excuse me. It feels like it's distancing itself from a lot of the MCU storyline. It feels like it's doing its own thing. Rather than just going so hard into setting up Kang the Conqueror.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, I think they just... I think in order to restore a lot of good faith with people... Because a lot of people... Mm -hmm. I mean they keep saying that you know, they say this with everything, you know, MCU's dying, Disney's dying, whatever, all this <laughs> other stuff. But you need a I think you need a good ball rolling of projects, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? At least two, three, four in a row that are good, and then you can have a slump one and then you can have a mm-hmm. not so good one. You just have to
1: start a streak with these yeah. things. But me Yeah, I think yeah, I think they need to get back on their phase three energy where they had four back to back bangers. <laughs> Yeah. four back-to-back movies that are all a low B, low a tier to s tier yeah
0: because and i was looking at it so the phase in which Gar- the first guardians came out do you know the other movies that came out in that phase i mean i have the list pulled
1: up yeah that. That, yeah, yeah that was phase two that was a uh, that was uh iron man two that was uh thor that was uh <clears throat> that was uh <clears throat> excuse me no, no, Phase Two. That was a Dark World. That was uh That was Iron Man. Was that, that Iron Man yeah, Three? So yeah. So yeah. So no, that was Iron Man Three, and that was Winter Soldier.
0: Yeah. So Phase Two was Iron Man Three, Thor. De, which Iron Man Three? I think when it first came out, people were kind of divisive mm-hmm. on it. Then more people mm-hmm. kind of warmed up to Iron Man Three. I've warmed up more to Iron Man Three. Um, Thor. De, Thor The Dark World, that's still considered one of the worst MCU ones. <laughs> uh, Hopefully so. Captain America, Winter Soldier, that's still considered one of the best MCU ones. Mm. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, where we talked about, yeah, I, I it's one of the, that and Winter Soldier, one of the few great MCU movies, or just great movies, I think, mm-hmm. just in general. Not even MCU movies, I think that's a great movie in yeah. general. Uh, Age of Ultron, people are kind of mixed to meh on that. Um, mm-hmm. And then you had Ant-Man, which again, people are kind of just like, meh on it, I think, overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think when you look at that phase, I mean, you have two real big standouts, which was Guardians, and then you had Winter Soldier. Um, and then you said, <laughs> and you mentioned phase three for you was like the big one. Um, yeah, that
1: was the big back-to-back phase where they just went crazy with uh, with Civil War, with Doctor Strange, with uh, the two Spider-Man movies, with Thor Ragnarok, with uh, Guardians 2, Infinity War, and Endgame. Yeah, that's when they went off
0: yeah and ant-man the wasp was there as well mm-hmm. um yeah so and you had black panther who was there at phase uh phase three as well so yeah uh captain marvel was also phase three um so you have some really like thor ragnarok at of all of these ones thor ragnarok and infinity were two of the great ones i consider there um out of mm-hmm. all of those but yeah so if you just you gotta have like kind of a ball rolling there mm-hmm. of of like some really good back to back projects there,
1: mm-hmm. um, and and I think that and I think that's something that Marvel Studios in general has kind of really been one of the few that have been able to course correct and to learn from their mistakes, unlike a lot of what a lot of franchise filmmakers do. I feel like every phase, Feige at least uh at least historically has been okay. This didn't work in this movie, so how can we change and improve that?
0: Yeah. So, next up on the schedule here, um, from phase five and then going into phase six, so you have Captain America, New World Order um, mm-hmm. after the Marvels, um, okay. you Thunderbolts, you have Blade, then going into mm-hmm. phase six is Deadpool 3, Fantastic Four, Avengers King Dynasty, and mm-hmm. Avengers Secret Wars. So, that's what you got. Mm-hmm.
1: And, yeah, and out of those projects, the one I'm most excited for is actually the Thunderbolts, but that's mostly because you have a. Uh, jake schreier and uh, lee jun lin who are the uh writers and show directors for a beef that just came out this past year
0: oh ah, okay and i'm looking at his filmography here he did robot and frank which was a very good movie with frank langella Oh shit. um yeah that was kind of a smaller film um which was which was pretty good there um so yeah so that's what's coming up there um this guardians movie guardians three your favorite one um do you think it's right below Oof. the first one
1: I mean I just uh rewatched uh the previous two movies and the holiday special just recently. I think this is tone this is neck and there neck and there right there with the second one because as much as I adore the first Guardians of the Galaxy, I think the second one and its emotional beats just hit me a little bit more. I, I I just personally put that one above the first and three is right there with it.
0: Hmm nice hello whitney how's it going a cat named whitney is Hi, whitney. In, um, in the chat uh she is the princess of twitch um yes uh if you guys want to give her a follow check her out uh let her know what she is she's a great streamer uh love following her um yeah so support her if you can <laughs> um yeah uh so you see it's kind of neck and neck for you there um yeah
1: it it's neck and it's neck and neck for me with the second one i have to rewatch the third one again which i am planning to
0: Mm, yeah i'm gonna see the third one again um i was trying to do it before i leave but maybe i'll just see it when i'm in whatever Mm -hmm. i'm I'm gonna see it um so i'll just do that there um yeah so it was great talking to you about this um did you want to uh yeah so This is Cinema for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I gave it a strong tune in there. That was a spoiler discussion.